0: With the 2023 NFL Draft now in the books, what does the outlook look like for the Miami Dolphins' 53-man roster for the start of the 2023 season, and what is there still left to do?
1: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right,
0: Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team, every day, here on the Locked On Network. I am Kyle Krabs, the host of Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino, team building on a league-wide basis. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins Your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today is Monday, May 1st, 2023. You can find Locked on Dolphins on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I want to extend a special shout out to our everydayers that are plugged in here on a daily basis on Locked on Dolphins. We are in the process here at Locked on Dolphins of working through the undrafted free agent class. We have a number, and I believe that number is 20 undrafted free agents that have been reported to sign with the team. Uh, the newest one that came through overnight on Sunday night was Keedron Smith, a cornerback from the University of Kentucky, played with the Wildcats, uh, and originally from the South Florida area, played at two SEC programs before uh, ultimately going undrafted and signing with the Dolphins for a very competitive undrafted free agent class the Dolphins, but we're in the process of going through the film on those players. I've gone back and rewatched all of the Dolphins draft selections, and made sure that that I graded them in accordance with understanding that they were picks on the team. Try to gain proper perspective, and um, now we're going to do the same thing for the undrafted free agents and, and try to gauge. Who has the best chance to make this roster when it's all said and done? But in order to do that, you have to know what the roster outlook really is. And that's the objective of today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. Um, I have my roster assessment and salary cap table that's up here on the other screen. And um, it's a five-year table. And I went through and it's a current up-to-date top 51 salary cap projection for the Dolphins. Right now, Dolphins... If they were to sign all of their rookies today, they would still have a couple million dollars in, in cap space and wish to play with, but not much, about $2 million in cap space. So I went through that roster, and I identified the players based on the financial commitment, the terms of the contract, the caliber of the player, their history with the team. And I asked, how many players do I expect would make this roster as things currently stand? I came up with 46 spots, 46 players, which would mean I'm not a math guy, but I can do 53 minus 46 and tell you that that's seven spots. And when I look at the numbers that I thought were generally perceived to be locked and loaded, what I ended up getting is very apparent need in my mind in order to meet requisite thresholds of X number of players on your roster in each position room. I think you need an offensive tackle. I think you need an interior defensive lineman. And I think you need a linebacker. So I don't think those players are on the roster as of right now. Regardless of the caliber of the players that are in the room otherwise, just strictly speaking from a numbers perspective, I think Kendall Lamb, Austin Jackson, Teron Armstead, Ryan Hayes is, uh, I think, a long shot to make the roster. Uh, I think he's more of a developmental-type player. And then, like, are we really going to call it a day with Keon Smith? Probably not. And if that's the case, you need a fourth tackle on the roster. Defense, interior defensive line. You have one nose tackle on the roster in Raquan Davis right now. And maybe it is this undrafted free agent from USC, Brandon Peely. Maybe that is the, the guy who gets the call. Maybe they will sign someone in free agency. But, again, that is the purpose of... Of this episode is to kind of go through and highlight who I think is a relatively safe projection to make the roster and acknowledge the slots in which you still have work to do. So let's start on the offensive side of the ball. I have two quarterbacks uh, based on financial commitments: and Tua Tungvaloa and Mike White, that I think are absolute locks to make the roster. I think it'll be really fascinating with Skylar Thompson. Uh, was a seventh round pick, made the roster last year, got meaningful playing time. Respect what he did, while understanding as a seventh-round pick from Kansas State, he was way outgunned, and and um, the the performance there, I don't think, is anything you would cl- you would make sure you kept Mike White or, or kept Skylar Thompson on the roster because of the person and the work ethic and familiarity with the system, not because of the performance last year. So I don't have him down here. So if you think Skyler Thompson is a slam dunk to make the roster, you can go ahead and slam the door shut on another one of these handful of roster spots that we have. A running back, I have Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Devin A. Chain, Alec Engle. Generally perceived locks to make the roster. That leaves like Miles Gaskin, Savan Ahmed, John Lovett, the guys on the outside looking. It. A wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Braxton Berrios. Eric Ezukama and one of chosen Anderson and Cedric Wilson. Can they move Cedric Wilson? If they do, it'll, I think it'll be chosen Anderson. If they can't move, that, and that leaves on the outside looking in, but potentially still getting a roster spot like River Craycraft. Because again, there's a handful of spots that are open here. We just don't know when the position battles break down and everybody's performing during training camp, how they would choose to to commit to those final couple of players. But this is just the nucleus of each position room, I think is probably the best way to put it. The tight end room. I think every tight end on the roster right now makes the makes the team. Durham Smythe, Eric Saubert, Elijah Higgins, Tanner Conner. I think all four of those, I mean, they, they carried crazy tight ends last year. Last year it was Gesecki, Smythe, Seath and Carter, Tanner Conner, uh, Hunter Long. like they, they were plenty comfortable carrying a monstrous number of tight ends now, last year. I think they have four, including a player this year in Elijah Higgins, who I think has a role to play. I, I do think he has a very skill-specific opportunity to make an impact on this team this year. So I think you're four for four. I don't think any of the tight ends miss the team. I already kind of spoiled offensive tackle with Teron at Austin Jackson, Kendall Lamb right now, I think are your open-and-shut players, your, your non-commits are Jerron Christian, Ryan Hayes, Keon Smith. You need a tackle, period. So, whether they go out and they sign one in free agency, whether they trade for one, whatever that ends up looking like, I think from a numbers game perspective, the qualities of the players, the investments in the players, what would be prohibitive for a player to not make the team from a salary cap perspective... None of that's in play for these tackles. So I think you have three tackles that make the roster. Now, the interesting part is there is a number of interior offensive linemen with some tackle flexibility. I, I think your interior offensive linemen right now that are open and shut cases to make the the team would be Robert Hunt, Connor Williams, Robert Jones, Liam Eikenberg, and Dan Connor Williams has some positional flex. Robert Jones has some positional flex. Robert Hunt has some positional flex. Liam Eikenberg has some positional flex but the caliber of the depth or, or the the caliber of the top players there, if those are all going to be utility options to kind of interchange, you'd like at least one more quality offensive lineman to be in the mix for you as a star. I know everybody wants two. I'm not going to get greedy. Just give me one. So that's the offensive side of the ball. Uh, on the interior offensive line, that would leave Lester Cotton on the outside looking in. Right? So... Uh, That in grand total on the offensive side of the ball is 23 names. Usually it's 25, 25, 23. I think they got plenty of depth at wide receiver. I think they got plenty of depth at running back. I think they have plenty of depth at quarterback. They've got plenty of depth at tight end, but I think all the tight ends make the roster. And I think they got plenty of depth on the interior offensive line. I think you could add a tackle and then let the best man win of the players that were not just mentioned in that exercise. Get him in the fray, and that's potentially including if you can find a trade partner for Cedric Wilson and free up six million dollars in cap space this year. That'd be a huge boost to this team that's going to be scheduled to be at about thirteen or fifteen point six million dollars in cap space post June first, as things currently stand. You move on from Cedric Wilson, you're over twenty, and just wait till we get over to the defensive side of the ball too, because there's some moves could be made there too. We're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball next here on Locked On Dolphins. But before we do, I have to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. They're absolutely positively delicious. It's the life hack you didn't know you needed, but they are good for grab-and-go, breakfast, meal replacement, healthy snack. You name it, Built Bar can be it with 100% chocolate on their bars. Uh, you can go to built.com or to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, get yourself a four-bar box, go to the Sam's Club, get the 13-bar box, pop one open on the ride home, still have a dozen left over waiting for you, last you maybe a day or two. If you eat them like me, it might last you an afternoon, but uh, they are absolutely positively delicious. So go to built.com, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, pick yourself up a box of Built, and make sure to thank us later when you do.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Defensively, I think the edge group looks really good. I think the edge group is done, if we're being honest. Briley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Emmanuel Ogba, Malik Reed, Andrew Van Ginkel. That's five. Not a math guy, but I can count to five, right? That would leave Cameron Good... That's the primary guy on the outside looking in. Now, maybe one of these UDFAs comes in and makes some noise. I know we have Garrett Nelson from Nebraska. We have uh, Mitchell Agude from University of Miami. We have the Illinois State kid, Ezekiel Vandenberg, uh, who's a highly productive player. Maybe you catch lightning in the bottom. But as of right now, if you had to ask me, it's the those five is a very strong foundation of the edge group. And I think they're all open in shot cases to make the roster. they, Made recent commitments to all of these players. Emmanuel Ogba was kind of your question if they would want to keep, but it sounds like the momentum here is for Emmanuel Ogba to stay in the fray. Defensive tackle, interior defensive line. I think there's a lot of competition to be had. Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Raquan Davis. Now the good news for you is those guys all eat a ton of snaps. They play a ton. But what happens if somebody goes down? Can you have depth? Right now, your interior defensive linemen that I'm leaving off in this thought exercise are Jalen Twyman and Josiah Bronson. I don't think either one of those should be on a 53-man roster, if we're being honest. So, that's a, specific, a position, much like offensive tackle, that I have a, a star next to and say, well, that's." I would imagine that's still on your to-do list in that case, with, with what that numbers count and head count looks like. You get to linebacker, uh, David Long, Jerome Baker, Channing Tindall, Duke Riley. Linebackers under contract. Those are the only stack ball, stack off ball linebackers under contract right now with the team uh, that are not undrafted free agents like Aubrey Miller from Jackson State. From a numbers and head count perspective, perhaps the defensive backs and the safeties that you have Will open the door for you to only carry four. But most teams carry five. Is Andrew Van Ginkel gonna count as five? If he is, then we've got some room in the edge group. If he's gonna count as an edge, then I think you've got some room in the linebacker group. So linebacker is one that kind of my eyes look to and say, okay, you know, there's there's a potential opportunity to add a player here, I think, at a minimum. The secondary is where things get absolutely crazy. Thinks get absolutely nuts here. Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, Cater Kohu, Cam Smith, Nick Needham, I think are all very strong bets to make the roster. Needham is probably a PUP start-the-year candidate at best with the Achilles, but they decided to bring him back at $1.8 million. This doesn't even include Trill Williams, who may end up moving to safety based on the tea leaves this offseason. This does not include Keon Crosson, who's getting over $3 million this season, or scheduled to get over $3 million this season. This does not include Noe Benogany, who's scheduled to get over $3 million this season, or is counting against the cap, I should say, over $3.5 million this season. And Justin Bethel, who they brought back. Now, they brought Justin Bethel back for close to a vet minimum, so there's nothing prohibiting them from moving on. But I would ask you this. With this number of corners, right, and, and viable NFL corners, Bethel, Ig Keon Crossan, Tro Williams. That's four. Z- Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, Kater Kohu, Cam Smith, Nick Needham. It's nine viable NFL corners. What, who's on the chopping block here? We'll talk about that in the to do list. I think the first five there. Ramsey, Howard, Kohu, Smith, Needham are definitively safe. And maybe Needham's not because he's going to be on PUP, and if that's the case, then we're going to have to bump somebody up. I might bump up Bethel over the other two guys, if I'm being honest. And then safety, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, Deshaun Elliott, Elijah Campbell for a special teams perspective, and then Verone McKinley's kind of a bubble player who, you know, showed some promise at stretches last year. And then in special teams, you have Jason Sanders, Jake Bailey, and Blake Ferguson, in addition to um, Turk, who you're bringing in from Oklahoma. So from a headcount perspective, what you have is a very mixed bag, I think defensively, of position groups that are definitively done. And position groups that you could probably add another roster caliber player, NFL rosterable caliber player to the mix, like somebody who could take meaningful snaps. I think you could add a linebacker and a defensive tackle, but edge group I think can be done. Cornerback is definitively done. Safety room is definitively done. And with good players, like viable, like other teams would want you to cut these players so they could sign them to their own team. Kinds of players. I didn't even include Byron Jones, or I didn't mention Tino Ellis at that corner either, but Byron Jones is still technically under contract, so you'd say, oh, it's 10, but we know he's off in a month. So defensively, I, I think offensively what you have is impressive, but we know the, the need for a domino effect to happen on the offensive line, but defensively you almost – you're going to need to shed some talent and that's the to-do list that we're going to talk about here because I think there's some some salary cap ramifications that get really interesting for the Dolphins when it's all said and done and what that sets them up to do post-June 1st when they clear up the $10 million in cap space from Byron Jones, assuming they don't get other stuff done in the meantime as well because now that the draft is over, that pathway of adding talent to your roster is closed. That's next here on Lockdown Dolphins.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: If I'm the Dolphins and I'm looking at my cornerback room, and I have Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, Cater Kohu. Ramsey this year is less than three million dollars in cap space. Kohu's eight hundred eighty thousand dollars. Now Ramsey's going to blow up the next three years after that, obviously. Howard even this year is $10.07 million, and then he blows up for the next three years, but they open up the possibility to move on from Howard with the way the guaranteed money is structured either post-June 1st for next offseason or after the 2024 season in 2025 and free up a lot of money off the books. Cam Smith is under con- he will sign a contract that is worth approximately $1.3 million against the cap this year. Needham, $1.8 million. Javon Holland and Brandon Jones are two point three million on the note, or, or respectively. Deshaun Elliott's $1.7. And then you have Noah Igbenogany at 3 and a half against the cap. And he, his salary this year is not fully guaranteed, which is a really interesting nugget because, obviously, Tua to Tungvaloa's first-year contract is a player in the same class – Is a fully guaranteed contract. So the easy assumption to make would be, oh, well, just the first-round pick contracts are fully guaranteed. It's not the case. Noah Igbenogany this year has $1 million of his 2023 salary that is fully guaranteed, which means if the Dolphins decided to move on from him, they could release him post-June 1st and save $1.15 million against the cap, but if they could find a trade partner, they'd save over $2 million of this $3.5 million cap hit. And they would just bear the prorated portion of his signing bonus out. Uh, because it's his salary that's guaranteed. So if another team is willing to take the contract, they would take the salary with it. So post-June 1st trade versus a pre-June 1st trade, because it's all just salary, there's no optional money that kicks in. It's the same. They could trade Noah Benogity at any point for anything at all and save $2.1 million. He's probably CB8 at best on this roster. If you can get anything at all, a conditional 7, for a team that struck out on corners in this class and plays a man-heavy scheme, lottery ticket. I'd try to do it. Found Chris Greer. That's one of my next steps now that I have Cam Smith I see just how robust the cornerback room is. And then the other one that I'm thinking about is Keon Crossan. Because Keon Crossan is on the books for over $3 million this year. Against the cap, $3.155 million. And none of that money is guaranteed. None of it's guaranteed. So if you could find anybody to send you a future 7th round conditional pick for Noah Igbenogany to offload the $2 million in salary that he's owed. You move on from Keon Crossan, who is a special teams player, but you brought back Justin Bethel as well, who's a comparable special teams caliber player and is worth one third the salary you're talking about potentially saving over $5 million in cap space from getting rid of CB7 and CB8 or 9 on your depth chart. Now, maybe you want to let the competition play out, and if that's the case, that's fine, but if you find yourself in a position where the Byron Jones money kicks in, or perhaps one of these tackles that you may or may not be sitting on and you're interested in signing, you got about $2 million in cap space right now. If you need the space to get somebody in because they're going to sign with somebody else. I've seen it reported that, you know, effective starting today, uh, this afternoon, teams can sign players, and it won't count against the comp pick formula. Now that the drafts close, it might be a a reignition into the free agent market. And if that's the case, Keon Crossan ain't going to stop me from getting anybody that I want under contract. I'll agree to terms. And if I need to move on from him, I'll move on from him. Noah Ganagny is not going to stop me with this cornerback room from signing a tackle if my feet are pushed to the fire because the tackle wants to sign with a team that I like and I want. So I guess that's that's what's really interesting is you're talking about $15.5 million or so in cap space post-June 1st, but then you have Crossin and Igbenogany. You have Cedric Wilson. You have the Christian Wilkins extension. You could open up a lot of money if you needed it. What would you need it for? Well, I know the guys over three yards per carry like Terrence Steele you going to play that game? You're going to make an offer? You'd have to sign him to a contract and I'll sign him to an offer sheet. If Dallas declines, then you'd send the, the two over in compensation for 2024. I'm not advocating to do it one way or another because there's a lot of variables that go in there. I'd probably rather try to just sign one of these players like a Cam Fleming. But there's avenues to take. And I know that's everybody's question. And that was what I had put together and pieced together on Friday morning when I did a tweet thread at grinding the tape and and seemed to be well received by a lot of Dolphins fans, is echoing a lot of their thoughts. It wasn't the, the player or Saturday morning. It wasn't the thought, it wasn't the players that the Dolphins did pick. It was the opportunity cost of what they didn't pick and the ramifications of what that might look like. Well, here is a look at how much flexibility the Dolphins could continue to have for this offseason to add players to this roster with a handful of those empty roster spots. Because when you account for the players that you think are locked and loaded from a financials perspective, from a talent perspective, from a commitment perspective, you got five or six spots on this roster, and I think you definitively need to add a player to three rooms. Tackle, interior defensive line, and linebacker, which means you're really only going to have three spots or so for competition for the 53. And that includes Skylar Thompson. That includes Ryan Hayes, who I didn't put on this projection. Uh, it includes Cameron Good. It includes Miles Gaskett. It includes Savon Ahmed. Like it, there, there's, it's limited. This is a good roster. And I know we're all frustrated that Chris Greer didn't draft an offensive lineman in the second round, but it's worth remembering this roster is their product. And you're going to go into camp with not a lot of open roster spots unless somebody absolutely positively blows you away. And that sets the table for some of these undrafted free agents. Can, can you catch lightning in a bottle? Will the Dolphins be overly proactive and go out and add to those position rooms proactively? Or does that leave the door open for Audrey Miller and Brandon Peely and uh, Garrett Nelson or Ezekiel Vandenberg or Randy Charlton or Jared Horst Kedron Smith, any of these other players to make the roster. That's what we're going to hope to explore as we continue to grind through the tape of the undrafted free agent class. So keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Special shout out to our everydayers who are still plugged in. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm Kyle Krabs. That is going to do it for us here. Fin's up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Talk to you all again soon. Peace.